0: What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, as well as watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. So check that out. Links for all that are in the description below. I am one of your hosts, Jared Wilson, joined to my right. By Rachel Mogan.
1: Buongiorno. Buongiorno
0: to you as well. How are you this fine day?
1: I like to think that the flickering of our team chat light in the background here, yeah. which Jared and I were joking, kind of reminds us of the, like The Conjuring. Yeah, it looks a little, a little creepy. I, I think that might be the ghost of Zach. Oh. I think he's hey, coming back to visit us. Hey, buddy. Yeah, we got to get him his What's own
0: <laughs> Have another microphone that <laughs> just, just goes back to just record we, the buzzing of this never little light box. explain
1: what it is. It's just like, oh, that's the ghost of Zach. <laughs> he's, he's not just, dead, he's but... <laughs>
0: He's not dead. He's, He's just with, always projecting.
1: with projecting. Yes. Yeah. It's That's like perfect. that other movie starring the same guy from The Conjuring. Um... um. Oh, why am I blank on the name? Watchmen. It's not sinister. No. Oh, insidious. It's insidious. Yes, I love that movie. I thought That's it was a great. A lot of people it's hated got the good it. Good creepies. I thought it was awesome. Nice. I guess not many people are making horror films about astral projection, <laughs>
0: but they were like, "Oh, <laughs> but we'll it's do an it." Untapped market, and <laughs> yeah. they struck first. <laughs> they did it. And they did it well. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Well, you can also find us over on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can join our Discord server, where we have a lot of great gaming conversations when we're not here recording the show and if you'd like to help make the show bigger and better just like our brand new patron... Elise M thank you so much for joining our patron thank you thank you thank you you. our patreon I should say but uh just like Elise M Mariah S Zach S Susan M James K Ben W Michael B Fuchsia Rascal Andrew M Michael S and Brandon W have done they are over on patreon.com slash team chat podcast supporting the show for as little as a dollar a month and in return well, they're getting some cool perks, like getting the episodes early before their general Tuesday release and access to a private channel on our Discord server, the Rogues Gallery. And for our $5 tier, they also get two weeks early access to a subsidiary sideshow of Team Chat Podcast, Team Chit Chat, where Mogan and I talk about things that are not related to games at all. And after that two-week uh, early access period, then it's out, available general release for everyone to enjoy and listen to as well. But if you can't uh, do that and all that, that's totally fine. There are other great ways to help make the show bigger and better outside of Patreon as well, such as uh, writing us reviews, subscribing wherever you listen to or watch the uh, the show, telling your friends, following us on social media, all that great stuff helps get the word out of Team Chat Podcast to the masses. And for that, we are incredibly grateful and appreciative and love all of our listeners, viewers, and patrons alike. Heart, heart, heart emoji. emojis, boom! Perfectly done. We're getting good at that. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good. <laughs> we got a good flow. But before. We get into our main topic of the day. We do have to get into a little bit of news and what's coming out soon. Okay, all kinds of moment.
1: stuff came out last week, which just to catch up on a couple of the b- highlights, East 9 Monstrum Nox, yet another East game, mm-hmm. uh, has come out for Switch and PC. Also, just recently released, Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin. Uh, this released on July 9th for Switch and PC as well. Now, just to catch everybody up, if you're not familiar with Monster Hunter Stories, it's kind of like a spin off series of monster hunter where it's more like Pokemon mm-hmm. mixed with a JRPG. So it's more like turn-based combat and you're acquiring monsters instead of just brutally slaughtering them like in Monster Hunter. Right, And they're really adorable and it looks like a really cute game and I'm actually really curious to try it, um, but I, I may or may not because the list of games I need to play is already so
0: very long. It's so long.
1: It's so long. There's so but many good ones coming out this year. Anyways, so out as of today, July 13th, we have all of the following. Curved Space for Switch and Where the Heart Leads. Ooh, this is one of those where the heart leads this might be one of those indie games that roro is really excited about
0: that does sound familiar May,
1: maybe it's not but i feel like this was one that i was like i'm pretty sure he's, is it roro he's jazzed about this are you jazzed are you jazzed <laughs> uh, anyways that's for playstation 5 and playstation 4 and then coming out in just a couple of days we have lost at sea for ps5 xbox series xns and, and pc a day after that Oh, it's Formula One. I was like, F1 2021 could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's Formula One. I see now. <laughs> All right. F1 2021 for PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, PS4, Xbox One, and PC is out on the 16th. So is Observer System Redux for PS4 and Xbox One. So... <laughs> space jam a new legacy oh hell
0: yeah <laughs>
1: space jam a new legacy a game i didn't know they were making and they honestly didn't need to make i didn't know
0: they were making either but it looks like we gotta do a review
1: anyways that's for xbox series x and subscribe now to the ten dollar patreon and if you want we'll play this space
0: jam game <laughs> i have to make it.
1: <laughs> we need yeah, we need five people to subscribe at the five dollar level, and we will play and review Space Jam. It
0: sounds like and a fun goal. It does. So what would that be monetarily a good? Okay. That'd I'll be to, 50
1: bucks. We could afford the game on that. Yeah. But yeah. I mean,
0: like I'll have to make the the stretch goal for it. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah.
1: of course. All right. Anyways, that's out on July 16th, even though nobody asked for it, and only for <laughs>
0: Xbox Series
1: X and S and Xbox One. Wow. What a what an exclusive Xbox. It's, only,
0: it's exclusive? all right Wh-
1: whatever <laughs> anyways the last one rounding out the rest of next uh, excuse me the rest of this week is the only game i personally care about uh the legend of zelda skyward sword yes. hd remake for the switch
0: only a couple more days I'm now
1: act- yeah it's only a few more days i'm actually very excited i do plan on picking it up because i personally loved skyward sword uh it had its problems but they are clearly making an effort to fix a lot of the quality of life things people complained about then so i will happily give it another go
0: very nice
1: plus breaking out your old wii u is a real pain <laughs> <laughs> You
0: gotta set so, it all up. yeah being able to put it on the switch cables. is strongly preferred <laughs> <laughs> all righty well before we jump into our main topic of the day we did have one other quick little news story uh to go over that built
1: nicely yeah, it, it, it into the main topic it, it ties in so today. the
0: main t- the main uh topic of the show for the day is that i have finished Saints be praised, I have finally finished Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yes, golf club. That is that is, and one hundred and five hours later.
1: I mean, that's no small feat. No, you told me. You told me the other day that you had put in one hundred and five hours into the game, and I was aghast because that's that's Persona five levels of hourage. Yeah, that's insane. It
0: is. It was a lot of hours.
1: (laughs) That's absolutely wild. I don't think I've put one hundred and five hours into any game other than Stardew Valley, Breath of the Wild, and probably Animal Crossing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a very
0: select few. games. E-
1: even games that I love, ha- oh wait, holiday But everything else, <laughs> <laughs> they haven't gotten to that level yet. That's insanity.
0: Yeah, so we'll be talking a little bit about that in the before uh, coming up. But what ties us so nicely into it is that it was like leaked last week, and then like subsequently very uh, much uh, announced by Ubisoft that the next Assassin's Creed iteration is going to be Assassin's Creed Infinity, and what it's going to be. Is like a live service ongoing for forever? Question mark? So I had
1: this thought. Living
0: world Assassin's Creed game.
1: Yeah. I had this thought when I heard the name. That's a really bold choice that they honestly probably can't follow up on.
0: Was that (laughs) birdie? I don't know. One of the dogs in the other yes. room just made a... Oh. It was a creep. Well,
1: she was bemoaning the Assassin's Creed Infinity news. <laughs> just <laughs> Anyways, very, very loud the, the, just the absolute chutzpah to call it infinity. Like, so what? You're never going to make another game? And then when you do, what are you going to call that one? Finite? Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> games do end. And I mean, this is just kind of the whole the whole argument, right? Is that right. at what point do live service games cease to have relevancy and cease to be fun because i know that you know we kind of talked about with you 105 hours into valhalla is insane it's a lot so putting in that amount of hours and more into another assassin's anyways i feel like you have more accurate thoughts on this than i do because you're actually a fan of assassin's creed so I right hear so
0: Basically, what they're saying is that it's going to be like Bloomberg is the uh, Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg is the one who actually like kind of broke the story and everything. And what it looks like it's going to be, and this is from a a, a, is that it's it's going to be like a big world that's constantly updated with in the in the facts like there will be multiple settings, multiple storylines that will go on throughout. Not maybe not all at once, but like throughout the course of the game. Now, And that's where it kind of gets. And so it says, think in terms of like what it looks like and what it may, how it may operate. They're giving examples of like it's a poor it's a poor example, I think, but like Anthem is like kind of like, uh, but like more maybe akin to Grand Theft Auto Five Online okay. and different stuff like that. How it's like there will periodically be like content drops or like storylines that they release into the game for like heists and different stuff like that in Grand Theft Auto Online. Um, which that comparison gave me pause, and I was like. I don't like Grand Theft Auto online. I've tried it. You know, it's like, and even Red Dead online when Red Dead Redemption 2 came out. I tried both of those and I was just like, I kind of get it, but also it got very frustrating. It's it's just, uh, there's a lot of questions how this will be implemented. Is it going to be, say, if it was a single, it's going to have a multiplayer aspect to it. Like is kind of what they're saying. It's going to be this big online open thing. I would have, and that's kind of what, well, okay. There's still a lot we don't know. Okay. So my mind is going is going kind of rampant of where it could be. Because with those examples of being what it is, is it going to be something more like Anthem where you can do these solo quests, solo storylines? You can play the game completely solo, but other maybe other friends can join in. What is that going to look like? Are there going to be like online matches? Is it going to be just this open world where you can see like people running around, more MMO style? And there's a lot of different things here where I'm kind of like... My big thing is if it's like Grand Theft Auto V, Red Dead Redemption Online... I felt like I couldn't go two feet without getting shot by somebody. Yeah. Somebody. And that just, when that repeatedly happens and like, I've even seen a lot of people complaining recently on Twitter uh, about sea of thieves where like they roll up to a port or an outpost and somebody's just camping there and just sinks their ship. And then they're sitting on the spawn point. So as soon as the person spawns back in, they just attack them again. Like it's that kind of stuff that like level of trolley things that happen in these live service online games that kind of, scare me away from them or to the point where i'm like i don't like that because i got so frustrated trying to do anything in in grand theft auto online and just constantly getting annihilated at every turn and it was very much the thing money is king in those games too in-game currency which you usually buy like you know so it's like the more they feel they have a pay-to-win feel to me yeah i completely get it they may not be that way but that's how they feel well and so having that as kind of like the main example that they're saying this is how this is going to look And because I know, like back when when we did the episode on Assassin's Creed, uh, when Ubisoft saying they're wanting to get more into free to play, yes, like that's where I was kind of like, okay, and I and I kind of said that's that's exciting to me, that's interesting to me. If it's going to be more of like a single player uh, game, where say take for example, it's Valhalla. You it starts off the say Valhalla is game one in this series, and you play through Valhalla and you get that experience. After that, there's still seasonal content drops of things you can go do in the world. Then maybe like two years later, after they drop some DLC into that storyline, they say, "Hey, here is the next chapter."
1: Is it accurate to say that that's kind of like Destiny? Yes. So more like a Destiny. So more like a Destiny is, I is what say. you you think would be more fun. Yeah. And I would definitely agree with that because I completely, am totally on your side that these types of games that incentivize you you to make the in-game purchases yeah i mean they they don't care about the kind of experience that non-paid users are having they only care about the people that are pumping in microtransaction money right or microtransaction (laughs) exactly
0: (laughs) so it just become a thing too that's a pretty big shift from what assassin's creed has been with these like you know yearly every other year installments now in Assassin's Creed infinity they've said isn't coming until at least 2024. So like there's actually like there's a long time and there's a long time for this to grow and change and, and you know, to evolve into something else we're going, all these things I'm saying are based purely on conjecture of what comes to my mind when I read the information that they've said so far about, about the game. Yeah. And so I can't, there are things that excite me about that. Whereas so say it is like a, you know, a free to play experience. Say the game is free to play, and then you like buy the arcs and the expansions as they come out, or they, or it is more like an, an Apex Legends where it is a, a, you know, supported by cosmetic microtransaction things. And so you don't have to ever buy like a base like expansion or anything like that. But, it, so it, it becomes I don't know. It becomes it's it's so early.
1: I might even It's hard to make
0: like uh, say like this scares me or it excites me. Yeah. I'm just it, kind it's of like too much I have unknown. to see what's what's coming up. I
1: might even think that Assassin's Creed might take the approach that Final Fantasy 14 has mm-hmm. because Final Fantasy 14 online is still going hella strong, and that's a paid monthly subscription. It's like 15 bucks a month, which kind of makes more sense in my mind of, okay, if you want to have a game that's going to last, which Final Fantasy XIV has, and it's got exactly what you're describing of these big content drops every now and then, and then it's kind of like an MMORPG within that, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Because if you feel like you're actually getting value out of continuing to play the game with thousands of other players online,
0: Sure, you should probably be paying for that. $15 a month is a little much, but whatever. Well, or maybe it turns out looking more like a world, uh, like a subscription, like, WoW-based thing, where yeah. it's like you buy the first game, and then they do have, like, the purchasable content packs later. So that way it is more of a... I feel like with that, that helps it stay... Could help keep it more of a uh, single-player focus thing. Maybe not have to rely so much on multiplayer aspects of it. I just... I just had a hard time looking at like what a big open multiplayer world of Assassin's Creed would look like. So, my, other than just being like you run around, you do like the main there are the main story quests that you can do like solo and stuff. But then, other than that, you just like randomly get like pop ups of assassination targets you got to go take out or like places to explore. Like you know, my
1: ideal is since you're supposed to be assassins, right, and you're supposed yeah. to be all stealthy and mm-hmm. whatnot gigantic games of hide-and-seek between you and other assassins. I, mean, I think that sounds like fun. That's
0: kind of what the Assassin's Creed multiplayer was back in, like, a, I think it was Brotherhood, I think, or Revelations that introduced, like, a side multiplayer aspect to Assassin's Creed where it really was just, like, a big game of cat and mouse. And it was fun, but it was hard.
1: See, I don't mean cat and mouse. I mean hide-and-seek.
0: Well, I mean, it was kind of hide-and-seek well, because y- you're hiding, like, You all started the same... Like, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody <laughs> walks by. It's so, you know, it, I don't... It's There's a lot to it, but I am—I was surprised how my initial gut reaction to it was like, ooh, I don't know about this.
1: I mean, that's my reaction to most things. So (laughs) you're just
0: finally sinking to my level. I'm just saying like maybe it's more of I'm imagining it wrong and it is going to become more of this thing where it's like a hub where it's like you buy this like service. Yes. Of Assassin's Creed Infinity. That like, and then like you can choose which story you want to go play, and it loads into that one where it's more of like the Assassin's Creed Infinity could almost be seen more of like what the Animus is the machine that you like puts you into oh. the past. It's almost viewed as more as like that, Interesting. where it's like you can go, you log into it, and then you choose your adventure for the day. Huh. Like, you could be going to Valhalla in this one, you That's could be a going to India, like you know, medieval India, or like uh when Britain was, you know, in control of it and all that stuff. And like, maybe a story set there. Then we have one over in Japan. So, you know, something, you know, I don't know. I'm just spitballing. But like, it, but and so it's like each time you log in, you can choose which one of these adventures and worlds you want to live in. Maybe yeah. it's something more like that. That excites me. That
1: would be pretty and neat. And it's like,
0: you can then pick and choose, you know, to then pay and add on to which ones, which adventures you want to go into. But it's like, they all like kind of exist in this hub. And maybe there is some kind of like multiplayer facet tied alongside that. I don't know, but anyway, it's coming, and in 2024. So there's still three years to figure out what this is even going to look like.
1: I mean, the most I can say about that is three years of development time for a game on that scale. Well, I'm sure it's seems been,
0: short. I'm sure it's been in the background for a while. Yeah, like, but we've I mean, had Ubisoft a lot
1: of other games that have been in the making yeah. for longer than that that launched really
0: broken. It's true, but I mean, this is going to be tied between two of their I believe Montreal and it's two Canadian studios who are going to be kind of in control of it. And so, uh, you know, share it between two studios, it's probably been in development for a few years already in the background as it maybe even as they were doing Valhalla, I don't know, but like it's, it, we've, since they're just now saying it, and it's still three years before they're even projecting to launch it. We're going to add in delays in there too. So we're looking at 2025 maybe. Yeah. So we've got time to see what this is going to turn into. So we'll see i am anxiously kind of waiting to hear more because i honestly thought like that and seeing what ubisoft's 3 to play would kind of have a little bit more of an excitement factor for me but i was surprised M- more purely based off of the games that they said it's going to be like this yeah that i was like oh no i don't know if i'm gonna like
1: yeah, that no one should be making comparisons to anthem <laughs> it's, it's not good sadly yes it's not, That's not a good look
0: true. i'm Unless it's a spiritual successor, being like, "Look, you took all the bad things of Anthem and fixed them, and now you made this yeah, fantastic game. Yeah, it's a game
1: better pledge. game. Finally." <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Well, now we'll jump in, then segue in from Assassin's Creed talk to more Assassin's Creed talk. Oh boy. Oh boy. With my uh, review of Assassin's Creed Valhalla.
1: I am actually very excited to hear this because Good. I know next to nothing about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, other than am Viking. Yes. Turtle. Make two shields bash bash. You know what?
0: I completely forgot to ever fight oh with the god, two shields. Oh my god, Jared.
1: <laughs> you 105 hours of gameplay failed, I forgot. You failed to do the <laughs> one thing I wanted you to do. I'm Incredible. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, so that's literally as much as I know. Okay. Is that occasionally you like conquer other people and make a settlement? Yeah. And and you you kill people. <laughs> that's that's what I know about Valhalla. In a nutshell? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you think that's what they put on the box? <laughs> yes.
0: You 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 do those things. You kill people in game.
1: <laughs> Good job. Good job, You did the assassin's greeting.
0: <laughs> so, I'm not while I am going to talk about like my pros cons, I will be talking I'm not going to go into the full story because it's expansive and it's huge and there's a lot to it so i'm not going to try to like hit all those beats i am going to share later on some story beats that were my favorite some of that is is game stuff like near the end of the game and like final end of game stuff i will let you know before i say any of those things give a little bit of spoiler alert so you can mute take out your headphones whatever you want to do uh but i will give plenty of forewarning before i jump into all that stuff but uh first off though I have also done uh we have a first impressions episode where I talked about like you know some base mechanics and different things of the game so I'm not going to rehash that stuff as much either to keep this more focused on the overall impressions of of how I felt this game went. But basically you play this game as Avor and you can choose to be either a male or female uh Avor. I chose to be female Avor and I think that was the way superior choice yeah. because she was an amazing character. Ain't
1: nobody choosing the male option. <laughs> like literally, who? I, who chose I saw, like, Alexios a, over Cassandra? Right, Cassandra right?
0: all yeah. day. People be crazy, Cassandra, Cassandra all day. And so, uh, I think that Avor was a fantastic character. But anyway, you play as as even as sorry Avor of the Raven Clan, Ooh. and it starts off in Norway. Starts off when you're a young child. You're, uh you know your parents are killed in an attack by rival by rival Norse kingdom, Viking kingdom. And you then grow up under the protection of a fellow king and brought into his family where you grow up next to his son, Sigurd. And you become like you basically are family throughout the early events of the game. You then leave Norway because Sigurd's father, instead of giving the kingdom to Sigurd promised the, their kingdom to King Harald of Norway as he was unifying all of all of uh, Norway oh. and, the Nor- and the Norse clans, this takes place, I believe, roughly like around 800 AD. Oh I wow, think. so okay. it's pretty early still. And I'm going to verify that to be absolutely sure. King um, Harold, yeah. I thought at first it was like Harold Hardra, uh, Harold Hardrada but then I was like wait this is way too early because that's like 1066 I'm just all thinking
1: that, that the name King Harold doesn't really like inspire fear or intimidation
0: <laughs> <laughs> apparently maybe. King Harold Hardrada when they invite yeah, during the battle of Hastings maybe- homeboy was like 6'9 or something he was like massive mountain well I mean person. isn't
1: that really common that like the Swedes and the Nor- Norwegians and the Finns they're really yeah. tall yeah why they be so tall
0: Get those, those jeans you know yeah and
1: those those frost <laughs> giant genes that got worked in there.
0: Right? So it says it takes place around 873 AD. And so you leave. Sigurd is rightfully pissed that he's like, uh, this is supposed to be my kingdom. Uh, screw you, dad. Bro. So I'm going out for greater things. Eivor, you coming with? And you leave Norway, headed off to this new land, England, that you've, you're hearing is being settled. And so this whole the whole like time period overarching thing is like the Norse settlement of England and, and interacting with the other Danes and Saxons and that were already in the land as well as like even some later on in the game, like the picks way up North and like the Scott, what is now Scotland and things like that. And so you then settle Ravensthorpe. It's your new settlement. You go and then you start slowly expanding out into the other territories of England. And along the way you do meet the connection of what brings in the assassin's creed to this. I will say, I'm just going to go ahead and say there is modern day stuff that happens around this, but I'm just like, not, I'm not going to go into that because it's it's honestly so little. Yeah. And I honestly, because I have missed a couple things. Like, I haven't completed Odyssey. I haven't finished an Assassin's Creed game since Origins. I guess Odyssey is the only one I missed. But I didn't honestly kind of know what was going on there. And I'm just like, I honestly don't care about this much as much. Because I'm super excited about the Viking part. Of
1: I it. mean, there's no one that cares about the modern day part. Right. No it's like, one. I, kinda,
0: I don't really care about that. I just want to yeah. be like, I want to be... I just want to exist in this in this historical world.
1: They should just remove those parts. They really should. Those, just that's the, just... just
0: keep the conflict of it's the assassins versus the templars and we're and you know we're good. Like okay. that's kind of like the overarching thing but like I don't need this like we got to save this current apocalyptic thing that's about to happen and we do that through something in the past.
1: Are you ready for a conspiracy theory? Hit me with it. Conspiracy theory. Ubisoft forces. People that are being punished to work on the modern day animus parts of Assassin's Creed <laughs> You're games. In
0: performance review. Yeah, take the modern. If you if line. you
1: did bad on the last game, <laughs> you have to work on only the modern day parts for the next one. You're like, oh man, oh, don't man. get me any cool Viking stuff. This <laughs> fucking sucks. That's very true. It <laughs> that, could that, be that is totally my conspiracy theory. It's a punishment for if you've been bad at Ubisoft. <laughs> Devil's I think I'm there. right.
0: Yeah, I think Yeah, let's so. write to Ubisoft, come on, Phil
1: Spencer. No.
0: Um, Ease Gilmore. That's what I said.
1: <laughs> Very
0: strange pronunciation.
1: <laughs> At least this time I didn't say Phil Specter like I always do. So <laughs> 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 Almost there. I'll get to slowly get yeah. learning the
0: names. But so that's kind of like the overarching thing. You then become associated with the, with the Assassin's Creed. Uh, I'm sorry, with the assassins who are all at this point called the hidden ones. Uh And it's the, you know, the order of ancients is who you're going against the temple who later become the Templars. And so you become involved in this story and that you eventually like are spreading throughout England, taking over or creating alliances, growing your settlement. And that's kind of like the overarching thing happening here that sets the stage. Now we move into the other stuff. So like I said, the main meat of this game is that you're going from territory to territory, uh, completing a story arc there, which I mentioned in my first impressions, I really, really love that it separated the game and broke them up into these different arcs separated by the territory. Because while this game was long, I appreciated that it gave you those like very definite stopping points if you did want to go around and explore and do side quests, do something like that. Because I sometimes feel that with games that don't do that and like kind of have this set the set this feeling is that you can sometimes complete a quest and you really you don't know when there's going to be like that definitive good storyline like you may like be like okay i feel like that was a good stopping point but then you like go in the next quest and you're like I've been waiting on you. Oh, sorry. I've been derping around for four days. <laughs> you know what I mean. And you just kind of like complete these side things, and you get to the main story, and you're kind of like, now what am I doing again? Yeah. I kind of like that it had these like smaller contained mini stories that led to the greater whole. Yeah. I did like that. Granted, counterpoint to that is it does some like it. There were a few. There were too many. Like I feel like there, there could have been. It was many, like it yeah. bloated itself out a little bit too big. It could have had the helped if the story was a little bit more condensed I because I understand like they were wanting to give you the option to do more outside of the main story which is kind of what I wound up happening and why I spent 105 hours in the game but I was also like that bloat kind of led to some of the arcs feeling repetitive oh yeah so like it's like I kind of did this already with homeboy in, in South England why am I doing it with
1: there's only so much difference you can add to the spin of Vikinging. Yeah. There's
0: only so much conquering you can do. Well, because it's there are these territories that you're trying to make the alliances with. There are, like, monasteries and settlements and stuff that you can, along, like, rivers and things in the sea that you can then go do a raid, which are really fun side activities. Helps you get uh, supplies and loot and stuff that you can then use to upgrade your settlement, build more buildings, upgrade those buildings to give you various perks, like, uh, you know, more health additional stamina different stuff like that it, or gave you additional activities like you could build a fishing hut and something like that then you could go go fishing and start bringing in fish which would give you more rewards so it gave a lot of different more like homesteady things that you had to do that you could do also and to just kind of make this if more feel feel more alive than just being like hey you you upgrade your building, great, you get this perk. You know, it gave you more things to do as that you went along.
1: part of the game sounds like the part that I would actually
0: really like <laughs> is yeah. the homesteading parts. <laughs> it's not like super in-depth. Don't make, don't get, It's think no it's Stardew. It's not like Stardew Valley. Yeah. Exactly. But it's it does provide, like start opening up these other side activities. I
1: mean, I'm one of the people in Monster Hunter World that will go on expeditions just to go fishing. Yeah. Nobody fishes in that game. I think it's me. Mm-hmm. I think I'm the only one fishing in Monster Hunter. <laughs> just, just get you a couple casts. You didn't say you in.
0: was it last episode i guess oh yeah cuz we were shitting on the the city, the fishing scene from tell me why but yeah, oh, yeah. About how terrible, and I did not like the fishing mechanics in the hall. I enjoy
1: fishing most of the time, and that that was not salvageable in that game. But (laughs) the point is, I love that kind of the the chill stuff in the background is what I usually gravitate towards. So I'm not sure how much story progress I would be able to make without just like just doing the home. Is there like a pacifist mode?
0: (laughs) Uh, no, you're not in Assassin's Creed. You have to. (laughs) What a bummer! (laughs) (laughs) Not in this one. Um, but so yeah, the, the raids that you can do, there are also, you know, the general open world game discovery things. You can go, each territory has a certain amount of wealth, mysteries, and artifacts that you can mysteries. find. Mysteries.
1: I like the sound like of that. world
0: side quests, world events kind of stuff is what those are. Uh, and each, and in each territory, you can usually find like a, a whole like armor set, weapon set, different things like that that you can use and upgrade. I kind of liked that aspect of it. I know that's not something new to the Assassin's Creed, like Origins and Odyssey had that where you could change your armor and and all this other stuff. I kind of liked how it did feel not so much like you kill a person and you get the armor, how much of it was like you have to go search for the loot for the chests Mm. and stuff like that. I kind of liked that feel of it a little bit more. Um, There was also like Orlog, this old, this Norse game of dice that you could play, which was really fun. In-game
1: gambling. Uh, There was...
0: Uh, like, drinking games you could take part in. Oh, that sounds the, fun. The flighting, which were, like, basically, like, the insult rap battles of the day.
1: Oh, yeah, you've told me yeah, about those. Yeah, those were really that, fun to do. That part does sound really fun. Which
0: was cool, because as you got better at those, and you increased your flighting level, that would unlock dialogue options later on to, like, persuade people, because you, like, had this certain level of, of. Oh, you're of like basically
1: improving your public speaking. Exactly. Oh, my God, that's fantastic. So, I like that.
0: Uh, so there are a lot of different things that you could do like that standard Assassin's Creed, uh, the synchronization points where like a high point you can go up and it unlocks and reveals more of the of the world to you and more things for you to explore points of interest and whatnot. I have a question. Sure.
1: Uh, does Assassin's Creed have a meter or anything like concrete that you can view that kind of tells you what you're and these are like terms that I'm largely pulling from D&D, but like what's your persuasion? What's your charm level? Does it measure it Does those?
0: You can like get a full breakdown of your abilities. Okay. I don't honestly pay attention to them that much. I
1: was just curious. Because it,
0: it is more like armor things. If This one did have the nice, the, the typical RPG thing, like you collect all the pieces of a set, it gives you a bonus of some kind. Oh, okay. Um, so there was that kind of aspect, but you can like get a full breakdown of like, by you know point percentage whatever what each thing adds up into your overall defense attack and whatnot. Mm, I
1: guess the other game I could have made a comparison to is Skyrim. Oh yeah, I should have said that game, but <laughs> it's so forgettable.
0: <laughs> Making a lot of people mad. <laughs> Good. <Love it. laughs> But, uh, so you have all that stuff that you could do and then to upgrade your, your armors and materials and things like that, you can then, you can part of it, finding wealth, the chests will give you the upgrade materials. Like, uh, I think it was like bronze nickel and, t- and tungsten ingots and stuff. Tungsten. And that would. going
1: to be making light bulbs. What the <laughs> hell?
0: <laughs> and so you would find those throughout the world and that's what you'd use to upgrade your stuff. I thought the crafting and up, and you can also throughout the world get leather, iron fabrics, other things like that, that you can take to do the miniature upgrades because you can do like the there's like the the quality levels the three quality levels but then within those quality levels of of the armor and weapons there are then like mini upgrades you can do to just do the stat upgrades basically oh, okay and so i thought that part of it was very well balanced even though i was 105 hours into the game i was still like just finishing upgrading my oh, stuff dang. so like i feel like the the balance of true i could have ground out hardcore finding all the different chests and everything and upgraded that stuff very early on but just how i was playing i was like this fits very well i'm hitting the end game and i'm just now finishing my armor that feels appropriate yeah like i was like this i'm not feeling way too like overpowered and stuff and kind of balanced with the pacing of the game setting so i really like that a lot too
1: uh that's all well and good stat upgrades and armor is Mm -hmm, super mm -hmm, fun mm -hmm. everybody likes that um some people myself included yes only care about one thing can you guess what
0: it is i have a pretty good idea
1: well i'll just go on ahead and say it then uh who can you romance <sighs> what are your romance options there are actually... can you get married can you like form your own dynasty of vikingness that would be, cool. that would be pretty awesome uh
0: there are several romanceable characters yes uh okay. some are of any them, of them good a lot of them
1: are. are good. they top tier waifu and husbando material yeah
0: okay i'd say so the okay. game does it well with i would that. like to hear about i will them. say <laughs> y- there is one like mild spoiler here there is one like kind of long-term relationship you can join into um that's such an ominous way to say
1: it. you sorry. can join?
0: you can find a lover <laughs> Who has? It a, makes
1: it sound like who you're a joining imp- a cult. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who is a more important character in the story? Okay, there is are it old a old lot old? of uh, no. Oh. There are a lot of romanceable side characters that you, you pretty much meet. You have a couple lines of conversation with them, and then they're like. You want to do this? And See, you're like, and I'm that's like, not, yeah. I'm
1: talking about that, the heart. I'm talking oh, there is about that. matters of
0: the there heart, is the Jared. Okay, so like the main romance, I would say, falls into that category. Okay. If you don't just want to go out and like across the countryside and bang your way across England, you can do that too. <laughs> and that is what I did. Well, that's more. understandable. I,
1: just, <laughs> I, I can't fault you for that. Yeah, I,
0: understand. I just like, I am the strong, powerful Norse... Warrior, of course, I will take <laughs> you to my bed. Oh my god!
1: I mean, you know what? If if you've got if you've got the charm for it, why uh, not?
0: Avor has this charm. Eivor yeah. has this like. That's what I loved about Avor is, uh, for one, outstanding job acting. Uh, her her actor. I uh, wrote down her name: C- Cecily Sten- Stenspill. Cecily Stenspil. She did such a great job. Of doing Avor brought that like that that roughness that like badassery to her, and just like made Avor feel like a force to be reckoned with, but also like brought a softness to it in the same way, like just balanced her out perfectly. Yeah, incredibly well done. And so I feel like that you know bringing that energy that 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 brought I was just like of course I will take one. <laughs> you know, it's just like if they present to me and they're like, hey, I'm down, I'll be like. There are two consenting Me adults too. in this relationship. Let's, <laughs> Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm a free-thinking Viking warrior. I will do what I please. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> that is the the energy that I brought through England.
1: And Poor so. <laughs> England. <laughs> all those broken hearts. <laughs>
0: oh, man. But so there's all these things to it. And, and obviously, like, there is a lot to explore. There's a lot to see. There's a lot to discover. But now I know I've mentioned a lot of different things that have really, like, sold me on the game, but now I'm going to uh, like run through my list of pros. We're still avoiding story stuff. That's coming up in a little bit. So, uh, I will say the world, and I've mentioned it a lot. The world was incredible. Yep. Like spending that time in the game and just for me as a history nerd, you <laughs> like grew up, especially w- focusing more on like medieval England, uh, especially like I know it was a couple hundred years in the future, but the battle of Hastings at 1066, like that was a big thing that I like to st- read up a lot on. I actually even uh, like portrayed the English King at the time, Harold Godwinson. I portrayed him during like a school theater thing. Oh
1: my God. Uh, that we God, had growing you're up. nerd. I know, I know.
0: <laughs> and so I really like, I feel like there have been, yes, the castle Sims. I've played medieval games in the past, but this one really just kind of captured I don't like. It just captured that world perfectly, and I know there are historical inaccuracies. I know, like, I'm doing some crazy shit moves that like would not be there, (laughs) like, and I know it's not perfect, but like, it felt so alive and felt real.
1: And people like comparing it to other games like Castle Sims and those kinds of things. I they don't they don't capture the environment because it's that top down, high level view, and you need to be able to like get in there well, and, and it's actually even, walk around.
0: Right. But it's different even from say like the dragon ages, the high like fantasy series that still take place or even Skyrim that still take place in these medieval worlds. But it's different because like this one was so cool because you're seeing these castles and these, these buildings that like, remember when we did our episode with um, the triple XP podcast, when we were talking with Shane and Mike and I mentioned there's just like, I'm, I was like going through this castle and just, it was so cool how well it looked. Right, and Shane was right, just right. like, oh yeah, that's just that's, outside that's my window. My I can see it from here. And it looks just like how it does in the game. And I was like, that's fucking cool. That's crazy. You can go up north when you're in Scotland and you can walk on Hadrian's wall. There are Roman uh, artifacts and Roman structures still around. Like Colosseums and amphitheaters still in like these cities. Like when you're going through uh, London and everything in the game. And it's just like seeing this like juxtaposition. Something about that of like the the old bringing into like that that real middle age that the medieval era was just, I don't know, just something about seeing the two together was just so, it was exciting. It was, it was kind of like magical. Like, and that's what like kept me in it. Honestly was just like, I'm like, this feels so much like kind of the game I've and the setting that I've been looking for. And like what really like clicks with me that went so far. And I think to an extent, may have built a bias and I may miss some of the things that like really weren't like the greatest, but like, that's what I'm saying. The story was so big and at times felt too much, but at the same time I didn't care because like I just wanted more time inside this world. Understand. And so I really 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 like that yeah. sold me on it so much.
1: I don't know what kinds of research the development teams do about locations like for these types of games, but I would love to know whether or not they do on site like if they go I would and imagine, physically visit
0: especially them, especially with how there is now a discovery tour uh, mode for this now we can just go and explore like Like, a little team or something
1: they should start making mini documentaries about that process and start putting them into like the special features of the games because i would love to know about that part of that because if they're getting things down to like the last letter of being more or less accurate for certain environmental cues right did you just Google that? Did mm-hmm. you Google Earth it? Or did you go there and a couple of you right. actually took notes and did drawings and took photos and then came back to the rest of the team? I want to know more about that
0: process. I agree. That would be super cool. Yeah. But this is also something where it's like, you know, I've played and like haven't gone back and finished Odyssey yet. But it, this is kind of how Origins, Assassin's Creed Origins set in ancient Egypt was for me. It's like, that's such an area that's like not explored much. I was just connected with that world so strongly. And that's kind of what I had with Valhalla here. And so I will say then too, uh, the combat is fun and like it, it has like a, a learning curve to it and you did take that on. It does get by end game, especially 105 hours later. You're kind of like, okay, I get, I like, I feel like I have the mastery of it, but I still never felt like you still, the enemies leveled up with you well enough where I felt like you never felt
1: too overpowered. Too overpowered.
0: Yeah. Um, and so I really appreciate kind of that. Oh, Sex Ghost. Blizzard? What is going oh, on? God. He
1: takes issue with what you just said.
0: <laughs> he loves the combat of a Valhalla. But uh and so there's all that. I did really like though how there were uh what made the combat kind of fresh for me, which I've heard a lot of people say that they got tired of, but I never did, is that there would be these finishing moves like cinematic basically like a cut like a you know, you didn't have control anymore. It like zoomed in and showed you doing like some powerful finishing yeah. move. I loved all those because with different weapon types, uh different weapon combinations, those would change. And or depending on the enemy that you were killing, those like executions would change and they were so cool and like very visceral and also just again, just embedded in how powerful Eivor is as a fighter, and it's just so cool.
1: And I mean, that's like imagine playing Mortal Kombat and not finding the execution cutscenes yeah. entertaining. Like yeah. that's horse
0: apples <laughs> I mean yes maybe the frequency of them was, yeah. a little too, was a little too much but and that's what people like please just not so many but I I loved it every time I would like pulled one of those off especially there's this one that if you like took somebody out from behind Eivor would like dual wield. Axes and like cut off both their arms and oh, they just like straight God. up take her their head off and I was Jesus. like
1: Jesus oh, oh so cool. Very um, cool, but heavens. I know
0: it's it sounds so bad to be like it was so cool, but it's I mean it was pretty it was pretty cool.
1: <laughs> oh so, man I mean sometimes cool is sometimes just cool. It's cool. What can I say? Cool.
0: <laughs> oh man. So I really appreciated how like the mixture of the different weapons versus the mixture of enemy types that you could fight against really kind of kept that helped feeling it, keeping that feeling fresh of the combat throughout. Um, also, in the more RPG setting of this, as you would go throughout the world and you would fight, you would complete areas, you would obviously gain XP that would level you up and you would gain skill points. Those skill points, they would take you to this huge, expansive skill tree. It was big. And like, and your power, your level, was based on how many of these skill points you had acquired. And you would gain two per level up, basically. Uh, I believe I'm now, like, a level 300-something Wow! with the power. Damn. I loved the skills because it has, like, these three branches. The raven, wolf, and bear. And those correspond to some, like, you can collect bear armor sets. You can collect raven weapons, raven armor sets, different things like that. And they all have their their, like bear is tends to be like the more fortified stuff. Like it's heavier armor, heavier more weapons. defender
1: stuff. Tanky. Exactly.
0: Uh, Raven is kind of like the mix. I feel like the more like bow kind of stuff, whereas Wolf centers more on, uh, like weapon proficiency and, and different you. things like that. And so, You could choose, especially early game when you're just starting out your path. You can choose a pretty defined like I want to stay away from bear stuff, but I'm gonna hit hardcore Raven and Wolf, or I'm just gonna only go Raven and get all these skill sets. As the game progresses and you get eventually like to where I'm at with 300 something power, you kind of start to at that point you're like you're filling in all the gaps, so you kind of have this broad range. But I like how it gives you the option to like hardline it, or you can even choose to have Fate decide. And it automatically allocates those points to you.
1: I do really like features like that because some people don't enjoy skill trees. I do. Like, I would have gotten a lot out of that. But I know that there are people who are like, oh, God, not another skill tree. Yeah. So both from just a a standpoint of, well, what if you just want to play the game and let let fate roll those dice? Mm -hmm. And from the standpoint of, I don't want to mess with this skill tree. I want an option that does it automatically for me. I like it from both of those perspectives.
0: Right. So there's a lot of uh, stuff like that going on in it. It does help build that RPG element to it that really kind of make it feel like a good RPG. And I will say the the other thing that I did like is that the settlement aspect of it, like I talked about, building that, growing that, it's kind of a upgraded take on the settlements of Assassin's, of the Villa of Assassin's Creed 2, where there it was basically like you would buy like art pieces, you would upgrade a room inside a villa, but and it would give you again some perks. But this one had a little bit more like life to it. And it did feel like you, you can interact with the people who live in the settlement. You know. I don't want that. I want to
1: collect sweet art,
0: Jared. <laughs>
1: I want to create my awesome mansion and leave everyone else out in the cold. Well,
0: you know, you can do that in Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> but or yeah, two, three, one of them. Anyway, so the final note that I will say uh, of things that I did really appreciate is that of of course the score is so good. Uh, Jesper Keed is is the uh, composer alongside with, with Sarah Schachner and then Ooh. Einar Einar Selvig, uh who is a, a musician, a, Nor- a Norwegian musician, and everything. Who uh, coincidentally the other. Uh, singer avor who i've talked about who sang on the god of war soundtrack she they've like collaborated on stuff in the past nice. too and so he like was in charge of creating like, as you're going in your longboat down the rivers and everything there are like the your crew will sing songs that's oh, like the, that's shanties, what, the shanties and stuff that's fun. what like inner selvig so like brought to the game and like he kind of brings that like more folk sound to it and everything but you combine this like very norse you in your head if you hear that. If you think of that music, you very much have that represented here. But then I feel like Sarah Shatner brings in like that more modern tone, electronic feel to it all, and it blends so well. The main menu theme is this very haunting like string melody, and it's so Ooh, good. I love it.
1: I love a haunting so, string and melody. Then,
0: and then like the the battle scenes are like very, very. It's it's interesting. It's never too like bombastic and just like boom boom like drum you know intense battle music, but it still like has this like. Strong, powerful building feel to it all throughout, especially like battle tracks and different stuff like that. So, outstanding score. There are also seven albums.
1: Holy crap. Of uh,
0: various com- uh, compilations. There's Damn. like the main soundtrack, then there's like the, the Shanties, then there's the other just like there was like an EP of like tracks that they released to promote it, then there's all these like side things. There's so much. I'm going to have to, to look up the
1: one of just the Shanties because I, I love that kind of stuff. It's so
0: good. Yeah. There's so much music to enjoy. I actually listened to a Podcast that was an interview between uh Austin Wintry and Jesper Kid.
1: Oh.
0: And it was super good. But that's also when I was like, oh no, I have so much more of this game to play because Jesper was in, like, I'm 90 hours into the game so far, and I'm having a great time. And I was like, oh my god, I'm only oh, 60. No. <laughs> <laughs> so much more to go. Uh but anyway, so yeah, that was all great. Uh so I will here take a quick beat to talk about some of the story stuff that I do like. And I also understand everybody. I apologize. This episode's going to be a lengthy it's one. It's going to be a print Uh So, <laughs> talking about then we, so we are going to talk about some of the story beats and stuff. Like I said, the stover, story overall is too hard to hit all the beats, but these are just the things that I liked a lot.
1: So there are going to be some spoilers ahead.
0: S- is spoilers what ahead said. is what I'm saying. Yes, so take your, your, pods out, your pods out, skip ahead, what have you. Spoilers begin now. So like I said, you move through all these different arcs. You move through these territories, building up your alliances. At the time, and especially early game, you and Sigurd are kind of like branching off doing your own thing. He's making, making contacts with other Viking settlements uh, and trying to strengthen positions. You're going out doing the same thing. Every once in a while, your paths will intersect and you'll take these missions together. And then um, that kind of eventually will lead to the more a bigger conflict later on in the story. But one of these groups that you meet... You meet these two brothers, Abba and Ivar uh, Ragnarson. Their arc was one of the best, I thought, of this whole thing because they're, like, very... Abba is kind of the more reserved calculating of the two brothers. Ivar is the more, like, bloodlusty, kind of like, I'm yeah. ready to just go fuck shit up and let's go have a good time doing it uh, in a, you know, terribly violent way. And you're kind of, like, interacting with them. And then you... Throughout this arc, you take under your wing this uh, boy, Chailbert who is the son of the newly appointed king of one of these territories okay. that helped cleanse. You kind of like take him under your wing and this, they kind of like are along with these, with these two for several storylines and, and everything. You interact with them a lot, but it's just without going too deeply into it and, and really stringing this out for too long. You basically are like trying to help Chalbert learn how to be like, a prince, a fighter, and all these other things. And, you know, you're trying to balance it out with Ivar, who is being very much like, hey, just throw him in battle, get this done. You know, we're here to, like, he's got to learn how to do this eventually. But it, all while trying to, like, balance him out with being, like, a diplomat and a politician and all this. Basically, it goes down. You're trying to get this one other area under your domain. And to do that, you have to, like, make this active war. And it's it's just this big twist where, like, Chilbert winds up dying in this one in this one fight.
1: Not new, Trevor. Yeah, this is terrible. It is terrible,
0: and so it, that winds up happening. Of course, has a big effect on on Avor. Did then, that
1: king have any other sons?
0: No, sadly, oh. no, I don't think so. <laughs> and so this had a big effect on Avor. But like right after the the final resolution of that battle, where you wind up taking this this territory, it turns out Evar actually straight up murders Chilbert to like Whoa. cause the conflict. And so then it's like this big like fight between you and Evar, and he was like a really tough fight. So like that was one of the arcs, and what was I thought the power of this arc system is like that was a super strong story. Yeah, like it was super like all the different. You're like I knew Evar was kind of like off the off the you know was kind of off and like kind of crazy, but just were like, you about it to was, say
1: off the chain?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not the, that's not what I was that trying to go. That makes
1: it sound like a roaring party. <laughs> it's not a
0: roaring party. But like I, it led to to like this really great interaction with the story and kind of uh, an ending I didn't necessarily see coming to it. And I thought that w- that one just had some really great story writing yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else do we got here story-wise? Uh, it was an also awesome in another part of your journeys. You, event, you do take a journey over to what they call Vinland, but it was America, and yeah. you meet the Iroquois tribe.
1: You told me about this. That's a really it long was, journey by boat. It was a long journey,
0: <laughs> and it kind of like a weird, like you're chasing one of the Order of Agents over there, so that's why you go, but it was also very cool because it's like, you know, that's now been established and everything that the the Vikings did make their way over <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, like, that's Way before, fact. obviously, yes. Columbus and the, the accredited Discoverers, Yeah, we don't we
1: don't subscribe to that, (laughs) but we're just saying of America.
0: Yeah, they made landfall way before the generally pre-accepted discoverers of America were. And so anyway, it was cool to kind of like have that side to it and like just like seeing especially just like how the, the two peoples represented in this, you know, interacted with each other, the Vikings and the Iroquois and just kind of the like mutual respect they held for each other and whatnot. But that was just cool. I didn't see that happening. So that was kind of like, oh, this is really cool. Uh, I really appreciated that. The final mission, because, again, you're going through all these territories, you're making alliances, you're making friends, and, like, sometimes some of those people will come with you and join your settlement, or they'll come up again. You run to these people again, basically. And the final mission had some twists and even deaths (laughs) that, like— I was like, oh, shit. Like, it kind of, like, cranked it up. Heavens. Again at the end, which I thought who was else really dies? strong. Tell me. Well, like, one of my allies I made was, like, one of my very first ones I made. And she <gasps> oh, gets killed. No. And I was like, holy shit. And her death was, like, really well done. Oh. Like, in a, in a cinematic, it was, like, very a very impactful one. Then, like, even another uh, lord who was kind of, like, he was younger and just kind of, like, a... Kind of like Chilbert a little bit, where he was like more fresh faced and like fre- new to this ruling thing, and he winds up dying, and that was kind Aww. of sad because he had been kind of like a happy go lucky kind of kind dude. of cool guy. So like they they really built, and I thought they did that well, especially again for how long the game was, being able to bring that like energy and excitement back into like the final stages of the story was really really good. Uh, but then also I really appreciated the conflict that arises between Eivor and Sigurd because they're all like they're bound they're bound to each other by maybe not blood directly but they feel like they are to each other but eventually throughout this time in the interaction that uh Sigurd has with the assassins that you're working with he, Oh man, I could go on to this forever. This is actually going to be really hard to go into the story without I, just being here I, for I forever. I want to
1: kind of hear about it okay, though. Okay, like you can okay. just—we don't have to paint um, the full picture, but I want to know kind of what the end game there's is. There's so many things.
0: So basically, you're as you're going on through this, you are interacting with the assassins, and that's what's interesting in this too. Is Avor is not technically an assassin. Okay, she just like is allied with them and and like helping them in their goal. Gotcha. She gets the hidden blade and all that stuff. They give it to her as a gift, but she's not an assassin. So as you're going through this, you have Basm. Who is one of the assassins, and he is like kind of being more with Sigurd and, and Sigurd's guide throughout their travels. They wind up meeting this woman Fulke, who is kind of like a mystic in a way, a, oh, okay. a paladin uh, is what they call her. But um, and anything, and she is like kind of obsessed with the fact that Sigurd is not who he thinks he is. She thinks there's a greater power to him because, again, in the Assassin's Creed universe, there's this like ancient race that is kind of what were the founders of humanity or lived on Earth before man were wiped out. And so she thinks she's he's connected to all of that.
1: Very Stargate. Interesting. And But
0: then also Eivor has had these visions and has seen, seen these things and like feels like she has this sight into the future as well. Also, like as you're going and creating the assassin and like assassinating people, she will have conversations with Odin. So, like, she's which isn't the normal. Eivor will. Eivor will. Yes. And so, you kind of are having this, like, she feels like she's there for something greater. Sigurd feels like he has this greater purpose. And Basim is kind of along for the ride, too. Like, and you can tell he's interested, but is trying to see where this is going.
1: It's so that he can ally with the right person at the end. (laughs) So,
0: throughout the whole period, one of the big conflicts is that Folke eventually is revealed to be part of the order of ancients. the Templars. She's bad, <gasps> Sons but she, of bitches. she captures Sigurd. She winds up torturing him. Oh. And like, because she <laughs> does finally like kind of unlock that. He is like, and he is special. Like there is something oh, about him. Okay. And so you have to go eventually free Sigurd from this, but in his torture and all this, he's like, he's kind of like, she opened my eyes, Eivor. Like, I understand I'm here for greater things. And so then it almost had me going, is Sigurd going to be the baddie? You know, is is this where this is going? And there is a lot of conflict to it and everything. And alongside all of this happening in their world, you can also, through like this mix of medicines and with the help of the village, of the village seer, you can turn journey to uh, Asgard and oh. you walk ar- among like the Norse gods and everything. Fernsef. And in that storylines and those arcs, you are Odin but still playing as as Eivor.
1: Oh, I see. Okay.
0: And so there's this whole storyline going on here of like some threat to Asgard, Ragnarok, the threat of Ragnarok. Odin has seen visions of himself dying at Ragnarok, you know, being killed by a wolf and all this. And you meet Tyr, Loki, Thor, uh, Freya, all the, the Norse gods and everything. And you have this long storyline going on there that eventually rolls up into being Loki, being Loki, the trickster and everything like that, winds as he up do. siring a son, Fenrir. The, the great wolf this one exactly this Deer. <laughs>
1: he's, he's much smaller news. than i thought he would be
0: <laughs> and so um you're you know you're learning all about this storyline and how does this connect with force odin in this asgardian quest uh, like how he is trying to stop ragnarok and ensure that he will survive in all this this is very hard to condense down into all this, but basically where it winds up going is that in part of his, and this is where I was very confused. It's like, where does this Asgard arc Asgard arc uh, really fit in everything? Yeah. What it turns out is that to be able to avoid dying in Ragnarok, Odin uh, manipulates the, the fates through with the tree of life. That is, that is growing. And I'm maybe wrong if that's what it's actually called. Basically guaranteeing that by drinking this, he and his companions drink this before Ragnarok, this potion, basically. They may die, but their fates will not be totally cut off. Okay. Basically what it turns into, Eivor, Sigurd, and Basim are the current, 873 AD, reincarnations of Odin, Tyr, and Loki.
1: Oh, and, and Eivor is Odin?
0: Eivor's Odin, okay. uh, Sigurd is Tyr, and then Basim, it, who does kind of turn out to be a baddie, is
1: Loki. I see. Is Loki. That's pretty
0: interesting. That's so,
1: definitely a bold
0: take. It's a, it, That's a and bold somehow take. that all ties into the old overarching modern day storyline it it, that's where i get a little i was even a little confused and but then again i was just like i don't really care i'm here for the
1: it's pretty cool yeah exactly so
0: (laughs) there's a lot and i hope that made sense but there was a lot of and that's i mean like how much detail do i go into here because there's so much but that's kind of like the overarching thing okay and so sigurd does is basically like seeing these delusions of grandeur because he is technically like a, a god, a god <laughs> yeah. as is avor as is Basim, and so they they're they had that conflict in that and then everything and throughout the course of the game obviously that is resolved um but to now i think that was basically all the story stuff
1: i will say that do you have any I, questions
0: about it does that make sense
1: it, it does make sense i feel like and i'm just
0: dropping well actually tangents.
1: so <laughs> something that i was really interested in really the the parts of Assassin's Creed Valhalla that interest me are A, the homesteading of that kind of crap, and B, I was really curious to learn more about what kinds of myths, like what kinds Mm. of the mythology managed to make it into the main game, because reality is all well and good, meaning it sucks. I like to live in fantasy (laughs) land, and and having more of that not necessarily like grounded reality take and making it a little bit more fantastical, which is what I that, think that actually really appeals yeah. to me because if it were just like, Oh no, you're just regular Vikings mm-hmm. and you're just going out and conquering.
0: Boring. Right.
1: Like, don't like that. But like, Oh no, you're actually secretly a God. And right. so are some other people. And there's like visions and mm-hmm. crap. That's where I'm like, okay, well, I can get on board with that. Yeah.
0: And I think Assassin's Creed does a really good job of towing that line of yeah. the historical real world quote unquote to tying in more fantasy elements Make and like crazy. sci-fi and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. They do a good job of towing that line really well. And so but I legitimately was I was like why is this included? And it really wasn't until the end and the final wrap up of that together. arc. I was like, "Oh, I see." Oh,
1: uh, okay.
0: So, it was it, it the story was good. Again, like I said, it was so stretched out by the time I did bring it to its conclusion, but I still like was like, okay, I, I get it. But also at the end of the day, the story wasn't what I was there for.
1: Can I ask, are there any of the kind of side stories? Basically, my question is, of the side stories that you felt bloated the game, which are the ones that you would have had removed? Like, if you could remove There was one where like it. you just
0: like, a, a lord and his wife were trying to, we're like, we don't love each other, but we're bound together by, because of like a, a uh, alliance. Economics, kind of right. It, you know, and stuff between our two kingdoms. And so you're like, are helping them like, dissolve their marriage slash find the king's like the marriage or that,
1: counselor
0: Avor like going and helping find his like one true love from before he was ruler. And so it was kind of like, I was kind of like this one, like what am I doing here? But that one, I was kind of like, I could miss that. Some of them too. were just like, here I am again. There's a, a threat to this one kingdom. It's a father like, or they're gone. And now a new ruler has to be decided for this area. And you just kind of like, just go through this. Sometimes there would be one who was like, he's not, they're not sure if their followers are lo- loyal to them or not, or like trying to, and you oh. have to like, kind of like do an investigation to figure out who's going to betray him and then make your choice there at the end of those arcs. So it's different stuff like that, but they, they kind of repeated themselves a little bit. Um, but, and it never actually really told you which ones were, there was a defining point after Sigurd is captured by full where you do have to choose like the, you go to this territory, complete this arc and this will move the story forward. But, it, and every time you would want to go to that part, it would say like, you have, you know, we need allies to be able to do this well. And I was like, oh, we need everybody then. This is like in, I thought what I was kind of feeling, I was like, oh, this is end game. Oh. That's why it got big for me because I was then going out and getting everything. So I could be like, here we go. We're going to break cigarette out. I this see. is going to be end game. I need to have all my homies with me. Did not need to do that. And so that's why it kind of, like, expanded. And I was like, oh, I did way too much.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but
0: And so what But what kind of defines that is the power level for each territory. So I would be like, oh, okay, I'll do the low-level ones. Then I, as I progress there, I'll do the high-level ones. And then I'll be ready to do that one. But then by the time I was ready to to do that one, I was, like, level 250-something. And that one only required a level of, like, 190. I So see. it was kind of like, oh, I see what I did here. Yeah, you but did too much. I did too much. Okay. But um, so... Story-wise and everything, now I'm going to kind of like try to wrap this all up with the things I did not like, the cons. And I've kind of like thrown some stuff here and there, uh, especially like the story. But here we go. I already said it. The amount of territories to ally with, it was too too high. Like bring it down a little bit. I understand not all of them are required for the final story to be finished. But to like unlock the final chapter of the Hidden Ones quest line, you do have to go into a territory that's recommended to be Power 340. Oh, wow. So you do have to be high. So super end game. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, that's kind of where I was like, even though the skill system is done really well, the power system was did not complement it well enough because I I was like, I finished what should have been the main storyline. But then I still had to like grind out. 20 ish power levels before I could then feel like I could conclude the full final end of the game by seeing the conclusion of the hidden one arc. So I was kind of like, "That's weird. Why do I get to the end game? Then you're going to make me grind out so much for a honestly lackluster into that quest line." So I was kind of like, "That's that's a weird choice," but which kind of leads me into the one con that I had. This is an Assassin's Creed game, yes, but the Assassin's Creed aspects of it, especially from what the series used to be, is very minimal and very far removed. Yeah, like for example, the Assassin Templar conflict which is very much the ca- overall cause of everything. Honestly, like wasn't that important it felt like. You can go assassinate order members throughout the world and like in Origins and Odyssey had the mercenaries, this one has zealots who can potentially hunt you down and be tracking you constantly. But because of a decision you can make fairly early on in the game, they won't actively hunt you.
1: Oh, or interesting. Or you can choose to
0: either let them still hunt you or you can choose to not. I thought it was going to be a kind of thing like the ones in this area won't hunt you if you make this choice. But no, they just won't actively hunt you. So then it becomes a choice to interact with them. But you do have to kill them all to finish up the,
1: the Hidden, the ones, hidden
0: ones quest. I see. So it's kind of like that was overall there. But overall, you would kill these assa- these members, but you wouldn't really feel any connection to it because they just became very checkboxy. Like, okay, that's done. That's done. That's done. And after you would assassinate each one, you would have like this little... Uh, conversation with them before you banish them to hell or whatever, uh, it- and you would talk to them and they'd like talk about their reasons why, but I was also like, I don't know you like this doesn't matter to me. The
1: game has given you no personification. And now all of a sudden you're wanting to talk right before you die.
0: Yeah. So it was like, even though the zealots were really hard to fight and they were good fights, it was just like, I don't see the purpose of you. Yeah. Again, just uh, in, which is weird that like this very main thing to the assassins, Creed franchise, this conflict between the assassins and the Templar would take such a backseat. But, to some extent, that wasn't also necessarily terrible because again, I'm here like this world is so cool, like yeah. I'm I'm having a good time here. So really, what it meant is that Folke was the like one of the only people who I killed of the order who I was actually like, I get why I'm killing you. Yeah, there were like two that really had that I'm feel to look me. Her up, and so like. it was a, that was kind of a weird thing that that would take such a backseat. Really, Uh, there were some like weird glitches. Like I had a lot of issues with Bow. Combat, I would sometimes want to do like a quick draw attack and it would spin my character around and she would lock on somebody behind me. I'm like, Whoops. what is this? This doesn't make, this is very difficult. Oh. The parkour didn't feel as refined either. And like the traversal uh, of stuff wasn't as refined as I felt past games had. And I feel like that could be potentially be because they're sacrificing for the more like be able to climb everything and go everywhere kind of feel. But like in the old Assassin's Creed games to climb a tower to get to a sink point, you would have to pretty much follow this one defined path and you would have to, like, try to figure out the right way to go. Sometimes you would fall and die. But, you know, <laughs> you had to do that. And that made even that challenging. But now it's just like, oh, there's tower. You know, climb up it and you're done.
1: I just looked up Folke. She looks extremely different than what I was expecting. Got that bowl cut look? Wait, no, when you, when you described her as, like, a mystic, I was imagining, like, an older wise well, woman. And she's, like, a youngish woman woman with a terrible bowl
0: cut yeah, it's bad. <laughs> technically she is a christian zealot is like is, is what does I that say. explain the bulk <laughs> it is more lo- along the lines of like a monk's hairstyle oh of my the time. god
1: that's really funny but yeah <laughs> but that this isn't relevant to the conversation she's just not what i was expecting at all yeah
0: and um so that happens and then i would also say too that some of the decisions that you make in the arcs and in these storylines are presented as very heavy, such as especially the ones like where you have to decide if someone is betraying you or not. And then you ultimately make a choice that gets that person killed or not. Gotcha. Those decisions would present themselves as very heavy at the time, but ultimately had zero impact on the remaining the rest of the game, you would still ter- uh, ally yourself with that territory. Those allies would still show up. Those decisions after the arc itself had no carry on. Over See,
1: effect. that's lame. If your decisions don't really matter, don't put them in the game.
0: Basically, there was no way to fail
1: yeah, a territory. That's 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 bad design. Um, I don't like that at all.
0: I think if, that, if there had been those sticks, like you could leave, you could like conclude that area, but it could be that they're not allied with you. I think that would have been way stronger than just yeah you just take over everything yeah i would have i thought that would have added a little bit more into it
1: i think you missed it but just a second ago fender was having little puppy dreams Aww. and his little pawsies little paws were moving were, were moving around.
0: <laughs> he's a sweet little boy uh let's see another weird thing you couldn't preview cosmetic items if you were going to buy them in a store
1: that's bullshit you couldn't
0: preview like a tattoo design you were going to
1: oh, buy oh no 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 that's uh, that's or
0: even what a weapon looked like oh no that, no, no, I no. don't understand. That's That that's makes no terrible. sense to me.
1: terrible. Oh, man.
0: They, they did. It, so that system was in place. And then people were like, this is dumb. Why can't I then change stuff to look like it? They had to add in like a firing process to make things be able to change their look and appearance later oh, my in a patch. Because people were like, this is dumb. You made me buy this. Then I can't choose what it looks like to match my stuff.
1: Oh, my God. So
0: that was a, like a weird little like, what? But the one bug, like kind of, and I mentioned it in my first impressions. And I'm... I can't decide if it was a bug or how it was implemented. I've looked online and people have said kind of the same thing. The music just, ne- while fantastic, I feel like there was a bug or something going on where it would not play correctly.
1: It just wouldn't sync with what was actually happening.
0: Or just like it wasn't there at all. And like it was like the end of a quest line. And I feel like I should have some like, you know, tie up epic conclusion music happening in the background here. And it's just, silence as like a like a time lapse goes by kind of thing it' it was weird
1: like that time that they released the the, the trailer for the mummy with Tom Cruise and it was just him screaming in that plane with no music yes, in the background.
0: I remember that it's yeah it was kind oh of stuff like God. that I was like I feel like there should be music tying this together here and it's not yeah but like during weird. normal just like running around you know background music or combat music that was all really great but just for whatever reason and like the main missions and things it felt like there was a lot of disconnect with what should like I felt like there was stuff missing musically and stuff yeah. in it, which that's a big deal for me. It is, you and know, it's
1: really jarring. Like yeah. that can instantly take you out of a moment if you're like, "Wait, what's happening here? yeah <laughs> Like I don't get it.
0: So it's it's kind of like what we were saying with Tell Me Why with some of the like the the voice acting not feeling quite it quite there takes you
1: out of that. Moment Video games, so hard
0: because it's not like a movie and it's not you know like, say, even, like, the production level of, say, like, a completely CGI film, like, r- with realistic graphics because they obviously have to bend that into, like, what a game looks like. It's, like, you still need, like, those emotion boosters, like, the great voice acting, the great music to, like, yeah. kind of, like, sometimes take what the uh, the honestly incredible art and design work that is done and just kind of, like, add in those emotional things to it that can be lacking, like, from facial animations not being totally 100% what a- humans are. Different things like that, those emotional boosters. And if those aren't there, it kind of like left it lackluster yeah, at times. So I I get it. Basically, to kind of draw all of this into the i poured all these thoughts into a pot and now I'm stirring them all together to kind of like bring this together, I hope, in a <laughs> conclusive review. There's just so much to this one. It's it's yeah. hard to bring it all down. If you're looking for like a hard like an Assassin's Creed game, I would almost say.
1: This, it's, this it. is
0: it, but it's not also, it's not that definitive Assassin's Creed experience. If you're looking for like a, you know, like what we were saying, like that grounded fantasy feel medieval game. Yes, it's right. 100% here for you. If you're looking for a game where you can live as a Viking and do Viking shit <laughs> and do, and then even like get that, that look into their lore and their, their mythology with the, the different quest lines in Asgard. You can do that, and you get that, and I think that's, this game delivers in spades. The historical nerd of me was incredibly happy playing this game the entire way through. Yeah. So I feel like temper your expectations to what you're hoping to get at. If you're looking for, like again, that hardcore Assassin's Creed, this is going to take me back to the days of Ezio and whatever, or even Origins, I would say. Mm, I don't know if it's there. Probably not. Because the sum like I said, it's kind of weird to me that Avor's not an assassin.
1: Yeah, it's that is It's kind of weird to me that it's like choice. again,
0: taking the thing that makes Assassin's Creed what it is and putting it to the back burner a little. So, if you're looking for that, I would say this game probably isn't what you're going to be looking for. But if you're looking for that like really grounded ish feel of a medieval world that you get to explore in a AAA produced open world, you Know with incredibly looking graphics, especially playing on the PS5, my god, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, like, and you want to get lost in that world, this is for sure your game. So awesome! I know that was a lot, and I knew I threw a, I threw a lot of information here, but that's uh, that's my review of Assassin's Creed Valhalla.
1: I greatly enjoyed hearing about Oh, good. It. Uh, wait, you didn't tell me, it. never mind. Oh, what about the romanceable option, the one that actually mattered?
0: Oh, okay, spoiler you can romance and basically. Be doing all the things with half sex, sleeping with Sigurd's wife.
1: <gasps> Scandal! Heavens to Betsy! It's yeah. got drama, it's got romance. So you're like, I do really like that. Yeah. It's super. So funny. It, that
0: yeah. adds in a little bit to the like the the clashing of heads and stuff. You're kind of like keeping it a secret. That's
1: incredible. And in all this
0: stuff. And it does have it reach a resolution and everything. But yeah, it's uh that was kind of the big one. But I saw this. You like find a note from her. Ranvi is her name. And you, you find a note from her. She's just like, I keep seeing Eivor, you know, across from me at the alliance table. And, I, you know, I know we're friends and, you know, and our family because of our bond with Sigurd and everything like that. But I can't help but feel that like there's something more. And then a quest line opens up later where you can, like, talk about it with her. And she was just like, I feel like we should. And I was just like, I feel like we should. I think Let's we should. <laughs> and then every time you go to, to Ravensthorpe and you go to your longhouse and you go to the alliance table, you can, like, walk up to her and talk to her. And you can, like, kiss her uh, or, or uh, say, like, or, you know, Take her to bed and everything like that. But it's really funny how it does it. It's like, it's it's funny because you can, you basically watch it once, but it's the same, and it gives you the option to do it every time, but it's the same like cutscene or That's whatever. hysterical. So it's like, you walk up to her and you're like, should we take this to your chamber? And she's like, no need. Let's just do it right here. So you pick her up and like Heavens! set her up on a table and all this. And it's like, oh, oh.
1: That's hysterical. <laughs> I guess nobody else was at
0: the alliance meeting? No, it's okay. just you and her. So. Oh, my but God. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Anyways, sounds like a fun game. It is. I, I mean, I will say, like, I had the issues with the story, and I felt it was bloated, but I still played 105 hours yeah, in it. You, you can't. You, you wouldn't have put in those
1: kinds of hours if you weren't having exactly. fun, if something weren't keeping you right.
0: there. so. That's,
1: that's i'm tired a, of talking that was okay. a, lot of talking. That's a lot of talking we can wrap this <laughs> oh, up oh man
0: but yeah so thanks everybody for enjoying this uh review of assassin's creed Valhalla. if you have played it uh i would love to hear your thoughts as well or if you have any questions for me about the game as well if you're interested in it whatever let us know we'd love to hear from you uh so send us an email at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com jump on the discord ch- uh, server with us and chat about it with us there and but Until next time, everybody, that pretty much wraps up this episode of Team Chat Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined across the table to my right by Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all next time.